Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and answer some more of your questions. All right, then. More questions. Questions, 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 questions. Things about questions. Where do, where do we leave this? Uh, the next question in the... Oh, we're just doing this all in order. Next question is from Alex Montgomery. On which cars have you found your views least aligned with the journo consensus? Either terrible cars being quite good or hero cars actually being a bit meh. Um there are a few. I blooming can't remember them. Oh, um, the one that I always didn't quite get, and some journalists seem to think was brilliant, was the Civic Type R, the sort of bread van shape. Oh, the first, the first Civic Type R, early two thousands. Yeah, well, yeah, the first sort of official UK one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, uh, that I was on, I was on Max Power when that one was launched. We, so we had a glut of them. The Honda was mm. just kind of throwing them at us like cracker gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have to. Uh, the thing about that car is, I still think it looks awful. Yeah, and I know it's considered a modern classic. Is it? Yeah, really? it is. It's very, very um, highly revered amongst Japanese performance aficionados. Um, I uh, the engine is fascinating. It's just that in the same. Well, okay, you weren't you weren't enamoured by that. I am gonna I'm gonna get told. I've already said in the past there are key elements of the MX5 I'm not down with. Uh, oh yeah, the 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 S2000. There's many things to like about it. I just don't really like the engine. Really? Yeah. And do you know why? Because I, I realised I get annoyed with cars with no torque. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because I just don't... See, why, what, if you could choose torque or no torque but revs till 11,000 RPM, why would you choose the latter? I don't understand. I don't mind I'd, if it revs to 11,000, but I'd like some torque. It doesn't I don't have mean, any The S2000 felt like it had... Almost no torque whatsoever. There's no torque at all. You have to you have to like drive it two gears lower than what you would drive a car with torque in, and I I just got a bit fed up with it. And I know what were the numbers on that car? Is it like 240 horsepower? It was probably like 105 pound foot of torque or something. Yeah, but I mean, (laughs) yes, I know what you mean. It it does make a car feel sort of wispy somehow, doesn't it? Like it hasn't. Conversely, you know, a very talky car feels sort of meaty somehow. Yeah. And, and But the best cars, you know, combine some elements of the two. So yeah, they do. And I th- reviness with a bit of grunt. There's always a couple of cars also. We, but we, if we only get to drive them for, I don't know, let's say a morning, mm. you, you can't fully explore it. And I always try and say that in, in, in reviews. You can't, you can't discover everything you like and dislike about a car in... In th- no. three or four hours of driving, and sometimes the bad things become they soften and they become less annoying with time. Uh, yeah. Likewise, the things that you like about the car initially p- could wear off very, very swiftly. So, yeah, I mean, what yeah. I would say, I think, is that um, when you do car reviewing for a living or part of your living, you do get quite good at assessing a car quickly, don't you? You can get a, a feel for what's good and bad about it quite quite yeah i think so soon after setting off i mean there's that seat of, there's that seat of your pants vibe and you get yeah a, and you sort of you know what to look for and it's you know and it's not it's not a science is it i mean you know when all's said and done most car reviewing is really entertainment you, there's an element of consumer journalism where you are trying to help people who might seriously be going to buy one of these things but ultimately they'll probably go to what car or which magazine or something if they're going to be that sensible and read up everything a lot of what we do in reviewing cars is you're just trying to amuse people and then leave them with a definite sense of whether it's good or not Mm. if they were gonna buy one um so there's that that thing about knowing when a car's good or not is that was it lotus people always had that sort of a car had to feel good within 20 feet or something 
and or was it Ford originally said that? Folds. But I Folds. <laughs> Do you know what I have to say? The first Focus RS was really not down with it. I got oh, yeah. I got into it and I thought the interior was hilariously offensive. With I was like, what, how could stuff, you possibly yeah. make the blue so bright versus black? <laughs> no, that that's like that's a no no. That's a complete no no. From memory, didn't it have a starter button when no other focus at that point did? And it felt really sort of aftermarket as well. Like yeah, they'd just gone was, down to Halfords for it. You couldn't, from memory, you couldn't quite see it from the driver's mm. seat. It was between that, it was either behind the handbrake or in front of the handbrake. And it was, I, I mean, I, I jumped in it from another car when we were on a, like a massive team test thing. And no one told me where the starter was. And everybody else drove off. And I was there for about two minutes just going, it can't be that hard. There's nowhere to put the key. I don't understand. <laughs> Is that like when um, I was on an Evo group test and I got into a Megane R26R? I think it was the one with harnesses rather than oh, belts. what a car. And I was still talking to someone. Oh, my God, what a car. But I was still talking to someone as I was putting the harness on. And then everyone went, right, let's go. And they all jumped into cars. And I was like, okay, yeah, go. I started it, went to um, close the door. And, of course, couldn't reach the uh, still-open door because I was now harnessed into the car yes. and had to undo the fucking harness again because <laughs> everybody else was driving off. We sort of go, uh, sorry, can someone close that? Oh, never mind, I'll do The it key is to do the fast acceleration to shut the door. I've, I've been oh, in, I I've couldn't. Been in That's race the thing. cars where you can't, you can't do it any other way. You're fully strapped Yeah, in. but I couldn't because we were in a car park and I was I had to back out of a space to do it. There are other cars where I was like, I'm not, oh. not going to risk that one. Oh. Ripping the door off by mistake. <laughs> Um, the uh, okay. Um, well, what about this one? This is a good question. Um, I'll skip over the one. Does Richard regret buying the Range Rover yet? Because <laughs> I don't want to. I don't no, want to. Burst. It's I. I you was don't, just doubted don't. it before we recorded. No, no. It's 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 running well. I'm just going to jinx it. I know. But no, <laughs> it's great. Uh, great family car. Sweet, sweet family car. Sweet, lovely, sweet car. Lovely for urban use. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jamie Webb, both of you have been on Sam Moore's Car Chat podcast where he asks the questions, what's one car, what one car would you have with an unlimited budget with a 500 quid shed on the side? Uh, I'm, uh-huh. I'm more interested in what your shed would be on the side and, rather than your dream car. And why you wouldn't just go for a Mark One Focus? Well, we've talked about Mark One Foci before. They're they're a fine, fine yeah. car. Um, I sent you that one last week. That that's the, I don't know if it's still you there. did it you did Car and Classic. There was a a, a really tidy one point six LX, which I think might even be sort of sweet spot. I know the ZTEC was probably a little bit sportier to drive, but the the LX probably rode better from memory. And that one point six engine was all right. It was a perfectly good engine. It had just enough grunt. And um, yeah, and it was um, it was only had seventeen thousand miles on it. Wow, it was just, and it was up for like fourteen hundred quid or something. So it's yeah. I had a brief moment. Where I just went, oh, I could just buy that. Why not just buy that? And I was like, I don't, I don't need. You it don't need to, but you, I, really. I feel I like I want it. I feel like as we slightly get older, the Mark One, a clean Mark One Focus, will suddenly jump from six hundred quid to six grand, and, yeah. we, and we won't oh, notice. Yeah. We just yeah. won't notice. I, I think my kind of 500 quid sort of like ghetto resistant kind of cockroach car, uh, and, I, and, I've, and it's not the first time I've mentioned it, it's a K11 Micra's got to be up there, possibly a K12. Mm. I do very much like a neat bubble Micra. Um, They're a bit rotty, aren't they? But if you could find a, a really lovely sort of, you know, elderly... Well, a lot, of, a lot of dead people have them. One. Yeah. Yeah. They are a very um, good dis- low mileage deceased spec <laughs> that you see for sale. <laughs> yeah, annoyingly because that Mark One Focus, the the super tidy low mileage one, is out of budget. I can't have that. So I think five hundred quid shed on the side. I'd go Mark One Yaris, which we've discussed before. Oh, as, yeah. a, as a cockroach car, and they're yeah. all over the place. I can't. I just see them around, and I'm slightly fascinated by them. So tidy one of those again. Yeah, you right. Know, deceased. Manual 1.3. Deceased spec, yeah. Deceased spec. Yeah, don't want an auto. I want the manual, though. But 1.3, the one litre's too slow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would do me. If Christopher Howelski, if you could add one rule to make Formula One more competitive and exciting, what would it be? I'd love to hear your answer to this. 
Uh, I I don't know. What about the one rule is no rules? Oh my gosh. Have I you mean, been watching Greece, where they do the street no race in the gully? Yeah, what? no rules, but I mean, well, obviously the rules about for, for safety, I suppose. But what I mean is no technical rules, except that um, everything has to be mechanical. So you can't that have any be- fancy electronics that, that would do active suspension and stuff like that, because that probably would just make the cars extremely fast and quite hard to overtake. But if you want to have a flat 12, if you want to have seven ankle rotary engines strapped together, if you want gas turbine, you can do that. And I don't know whether, in fact, everyone would alight on the same solution I love or that. if it would lead to lots of really interesting randomness and things catching fire all the time. I, I really don't know, but I'd like to see. Because I think, I think this it's is all brilliant. well and good. Formula like- One has to try and show itself to be more sustainable and more in tune with the world that we live in now. But it's so token. You know, the most environmentally sound thing for them to do would be just stop. Driving well, around, yeah. around in circles and travelling the world is not ecologically inclined. So why it. not just give up this pretense? Just go, look, it's only a small number of people doing a small number of this every year. It's entertainment. Can we just all better off? We're not going to do hybrids. We're not, unless you want to. You could do a hybrid if you think so. I'll allow electric motors in there for fun. I just don't want, you know, electric driver aids. I think during um, this, t- I would... I'd suggest, sorry, you said driver aids. I just said, right, pit stop. I'd say during the pit stop, the driver has to play a musical instrument. Um, and, 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 the, and, the, and the other thing, because obviously you need entertainment here. And, and I would say the second, the, the second one would be we totally abandon the idea of of expensive, groundbreaking slick tyres. It has to be 70 quid a corner. Um, road legal rubber that um, ah. you, you you can put whatever engine you can put whatever drivetrain you want in it but if you can't get round a corner on 70 quid a corner um road legal rubber then you're losing i'd love to see what now, happened yeah um so there have been f1 drivers who have actually been quite musically proficient yeah, um, well, I bet they have. But you imagine, you imagine old Roman Grosjean going in on the mandolin. It go flailing the ukulele. Someone, the car goes in, the jacks go up. Someone have ch- they got to be good at it. They've got. It's got to be a recognisable, the, the recognisable as a song. That's it. You could do a very, very quick arpeggio. I'd probably let that off. Um, okay. So what I mean, ima- was, imagine was, Lewis Hamilton so like down with the kids. He'd probably do a keytar. He'd do an amazing keytar solo. Oh yeah, wouldn't he? Would he? Would you extend as far as that? Maybe he could have a couple of decks that would sort of swing in on a carbon fiber <laughs> arm, and he could do a little bit of mixing and stuff. <laughs> just, just sp- spin some some really sick beats for the duration of the pit stop. Because there's a great skill in mixing two records together. There so, is. Um, I just, I'm yeah, just I taking a, I just take a big slug of coffee as you suggested that, and it was, oh, that was very difficult for a second. Uh, was, yeah, there was a, there is a, a recent, recent Formula One driver who was a, a, a concert standard pianist. I think, um, well, James Toesland, James Toesland, the 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 motorcycle. Um, World Superbike rider and GP yeah. rider. He he's a yeah. proficient pianist, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he has his own band now. And he's well, he's married to Katie Mellower. Not that that makes him a good musician. What? Is he? He is. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So he had a massive argument with her about the five million bicycles in Beijing. Because he's like, well, just I'm not interested in bicycles. I'm more interested in motorbikes. Yeah. So how, how many, many motorbikes are there? Actually, I don't know. I didn't bother to check. <sighs> right. That's Why am I married it. to you? Damn you! But no, James yeah. Toesland. He's um. Yeah, he's an amazing pianist, and had a had a bad crash, and uh, and I think had to kind of um, retrain the dexterity in one of his hands, cause playing piano. Um, okay, well, I, I I can't wait to see your idea of Formula One now. Um, I'd, I'd like I'll, I'll willingly add your rule in though as well to mine. <laughs> there are no rules except you have to play a musical instrument. What? They can have rocket engines, yes, but I have to. What like play uh, a small Casio keyboard during a pit stop? Yes, <laughs> yes, left, please. Yes, please. It has to be. That's it. Every and... race, the authorities, me or you, gets to choose which tunes they have to play. Oh, so there's a song of the uh, there's a song of the race. Yeah. So two days well, before, maybe, or a playlist. Do you go two, two days before and you go right? That's it. Everyone's yeah. going yeah. to play um, Country House by Blur. Okay, <laughs> off you go. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's 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 how it could work. Well, we'll you know we'll we'll work through this a bit more once um, Liberty call us and give us the okay. Liberty. Um, <clears throat> George Wade, if you had to pick an estate or to daily drive, what would it be and why? Has to have five doors. Can't be a combi or a shooting brake. I thought we'd answer. Um, Did we answer that question? We had one about. Uh, no, remember we. I was helped, about um, a British car, wasn't it? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, no, it was. It was. Um, we were helping someone's dad with mm. car suggestions. Oh, that's and we right. Ended up on an E sixty three estate, I think. That's right. Which actually would be quite a good one. I'd pick that. Or I think there was recently up for sale, possibly on Clickton Cars, a a Jaguar XFRS. I was just estate. about to say that you absolute goon. What Ex- a lovely car! Yeah, the blue XFRS. Mm. I have mm. seen a black one about and. Um, and it does look hard, really hard. Yeah. That yeah. would be for a piston estate. That would be very good. There aren't many. Well, there aren't any. Oh, there's an MG electric car estate, and there is the MG five um, EV. Yeah, and you can commission a Tesla Model S estate um, if you yes. want to, which looks quite cool. Actually, I've driven that. Um, yeah. So I I would consider that if I wanted to do some you know EV estate work. Um, yeah, there we go. Can't can't, we go. can't be a shooting brake, I'm afraid. No, shame. Uh, well, I mean, but everyone's calling, you know, Mercedes CLS shooting brake, which isn't a shooting brake, it's an estate, and we had one of those, and that was a lovely car. That's Maybe true. AMG, one of those would be quite a nice choice. Anyway, yeah. uh, we better move on. Uh, Tim, Tim Organo. Sorry, Tim, I was about to call you Tim Oregano. I've misread your name. Tim Organo, have you ever driven or reviewed a car, either press car or max-powered, that you liked at the time, but now look back on and think it was really shit? Um <laughs> Uh, no, God, that's, a good, so. that's a good question because um, it's it, hmm. I've no, it's usually the other way around the stuff that you drove at the time you think it was shit and now you look back at it and go actually maybe it was alright I don't yeah um, yeah I know uh, what you mean I, do, I don't know uh, the, every day that goes by I get more and more again the the, the current Mercedes G-Vag and, and we drove it for a Smith & Sniff video didn't we and I didn't hate it at all it's quite impressive in a stupid sort of way yeah but there's something about it that sticks in my craw. I think it's it, it's that sense that Mercedes could do better in as much as they've sort of deliberately made some parts of it feel odd or, you know, like the, the, even the fact you have to really slam the doors. That's not how you have to close the doors in any other Mercedes. They've done no. that because old G-Vargans feel like that, so they've done it deliberately. You sort of go, Merck's not that kind of company. They're very forward-looking normally, aren't they? Yeah. And yeah, it's just also it attracts yeah. twats. Uh, it's the fake. The, the the fake roof gutters are a little bit. Um, yeah, exactly. Annoying. It's fake. There's, a, there's fakery and it's just cladding. I, I mean, it's just U, it's UPVC cladding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, they're probably. I mean, I've been on. I have driven some max powered cars, which were just appalling. Uh, I just had to state fact in those that this is a car with nitrous and a carbon fibre <laughs> dashboard <laughs> and that's <laughs> uh, that's I, I just have to tread carefully really solemnly state fact yes good yeah next question uh, Peter Agius Agius Ag- sorry Peter I'm Agius? mangling your Agius Agius A-G-I-U-S Agius. that sounds like a new Hyundai model it does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, or, be a good one or too. some kind of some kind of rebrand for a for a previously well known <laughs> delivery service or something. No, we're not the post office anymore. We're Aegis. Um, anyway, Peter says, "Hi guys. For those of us not from the UK, brackets Aussie here, can you produce a badly animated slash live action skit of sports guys, day in the life of etc. with stereotypical fashion in their daily driven vehicle? We need to get the vibe fully." Cheers. Um, oh well, Peter. Um, welcome. Well, welcome. Um, yeah, welcome. Uh, sport guy. He's well, sports. He's sports guys. He's a sports. he's a hard he's a hard working he's a hard working p- person. Yeah, and he's one of those people that definitely like he enjoys his downtime. He's got best clothes. He's got he's got his, his best car, bit, which is well, like golf. In yeah, downtime, I think golf. Yeah, and goes like, down to Portugal or Spain to play golf. Yeah, yeah. Lo- lots of sun. Him and his him and his missus love the sun. So when he's not like yeah. doing the plumbing and all that, and also has an immaculate work van. One of those unnecessarily over embellished work vans, which do trouble yeah. me. Where or a pickup. 
Yeah, maybe. you know, like where you where you think, well, hang on, this is a this is a utility van. It's supposed to get stuff thrown in it, and it's supposed to be put up with a lifetime of abuse. You've bought it with body coloured everything, lowered mm. thirty profile <laughs> tires on a on a van. What? Yeah, but it's because he's the boss, isn't it? He's, he's the boss. Got staff and it's he's sports. got employees. The the company's doing well in Ooh. whatever it is. It's sort of building trade or property maintenance or something like that. And he's the boss, so he doesn't actually have to get his hands slash van's truck dirty the way he used to. Yeah. I think that's that's why you go for the fancy body colour bits because you can. Sports it's guy, almost a way of showing. He's quite don't fit. Have to, um, as in, but he might just do weights rather than any core. You know those guys that've got big arms, but really skinny um, legs, but, but still <laughs> got a pot belly. Yeah, so you're like, well, look, yeah. clearly you, you you like the arm work. That's great. But, but you, know, you also you, like beer. Yes, we also stuff. like. That's, I mean, you know, it's a it's a it's a gun that we all like <laughs> as middle aged men. But um, <laughs> it so is. When you see someone who embraces it, and just goes yeah. Spolts. But sports guy also he loves loves to proclaim about the fact whenever he orders a new car he just he just he just ticks every option box. Oh, it's got everything. It's got everything. I didn't. I did I not said, order anything. I said to her. I said to Michelle. I said only the best. Only the best for you, my love. So I've ordered every option. I want it all on the Range Rover Sport. All of it. Sports. But even if oh. even if someone goes, oh, but like a couple of those options aren't very good and they're just seemingly overpriced. Doesn't matter. I got it anyway. I told him. I told him. I want it all. Yeah, it's a sort of. I reckon by the accent, you'd. I think probably London-born, but has moved out. A bit more space, nicer, nicer house, and um, so probably Essex, but also could be. There's a sitcom actually that touches on a bit of this sort of sport guy. Um, Sport King Gary. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, comedian Tom Davis. Tom Davis lives in the same town as me. Does he? Tom Davis lives up here. Does he? Yeah, he I does. I never knew that. Yeah, huh. I, I've bumped in. I, I mean, I don't know him. He doesn't. I, I don't know. He didn't know who I am. But I, I've I've walked past him three times, and we sat near him in Pizza Express. Ah. And and it, we got to the point where it's like he totally lives here, and a few people have gone, "Oh yeah, he lives here." So he does. He lives here, which surprises me. Yeah, it's quite he's far from north sort of him. Croydon Way, isn't I it? Think he's where King Gary's set. South London, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that. That's the thing. I just assume when I started watching it, it's um, it was in Essex, and then something I kind of went, oh wait, I think, I think it is. There's sort of other pockets of outer London slash home counties. That's right. That it, where people who've you know done Spurs, all right Spurs. might sort of gravitate towards I like him because he was a prisoner in um, in Paddington 2 the film and he had one of the funniest one liners which I thought we, we, we always we always quote it in our house where he talks about uh, is it a, a raspberry panna cotta with an apricot glaze and he says it really aggressively and it's just the way he delivers the line is just brilliant <laughs> I don't know I just love it he grits his teeth I've not teeth. seen that film but I'm laughing already Paddington 2 is uh, better than Paddington 1 it's one of those I films. have heard yeah and I, I regret that I haven't I haven't ever watched it I'll watch it this um, weekend go wild we've Spons. got sidetracked mm. um Mm-hmm. Uh, Nadine, well, I was going to say, Peter, if you can in Australia, find a way to have a look at the British sitcom King Gary, which, which you should do anyway because it's very good. Sports. Um, it's quite a, quite a, a sort of sport. In fact, his dad, played by uh, Simon Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's proper old school sports. He's proper old school sports. He'll wear white, he'll wear the white crisp um, socks, which just say sport on them. <laughs> it's, we still don't know what sport they're tailored for. Yeah, just general. Just sports. sports. Snooker. Uh, <laughs> Snooker next socks. Next question. Nadim Rahim says, right, let's get to the real question. Who would be quicker around a lap at Dunsfold, Chops or Mrs. Porter? Oh, that's a hell of a so question. He's asking who has a faster wife. Who has a far... I don't, I don't really know what your wife drives like. I'm... She's Not- quite steady, my wife. She, when I first met her, one of the things that attracted me to her—not not primary things, but something that sort of went in the plus the, column. The was only that, thing that attracted me to her—I no, <laughs> didn't see her drive for for quite a while. But then when I did, I was like, oh, you know, she's a good, competent driver. Like she's she, you know, she knew what she was doing. And um, uh, but that was in the US, and mm-hmm. I think uh, 
she you know she was well equipped to drive on the the mean but ultimately quite straight streets of Los Angeles and I think she became a bit more cautious when she moved to this country but she's so she's a pretty steady driver she's a good driver but she's not like you know speed demon I've never driven in the car with your wife though so I don't know what she's like my wife's good. She's a good driver, uh, and I'd yeah, say I had a feeling she, she, was. she, she. I think she can, she can press on. Um, mm. The kids. I remember coming back about three years ago when we had a, a Mercedes Estate plug-in hybrid as a, a, a as a family car on lease. The kids came back one day and went, "Dad, you're never going to believe it, Daddy." We, we, th- Mummy hit some ice on the back lanes, and like we went completely sideways, <laughs> and 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 Chops just went. Well, I just went round a corner, and it was it was sheet ice. I didn't realise, and um, just had to kind of um, turn into the skid, and and the, both the kids were like, "Oh yeah, we went fully sideways. We were drifting, Daddy. We were drifting." But she was totally cool about it. So I thought, oh, I, I actually think she's probably she could be quite quick on a off of a track. Yeah. yeah. Now the only thing is, my wife, I don't think she. My wife's never driven on a track. I don't think she has. She's been in cars on tracks, but only as a passenger. Um, actually, that's not true. She has. She's driven around the Barcelona Formula One circuit, but in like a a, a people carrier that in she a, was driving. In a Suzuki Wagoner. I don't think that counts because she yeah. wasn't going for a fast lap. The thing about my wife, though, is she's very competitive. Ah, so I think oh. it could get interesting on that score, but she'd need a bit of um, time, a bit of track time to get her eye in. So I don't know. I'd, I, I would. My feeling is it might be your wife, but I wouldn't discount my wife's competitiveness. I suppose we have to. We just have to be big up our wives, don't we? So yeah, our both our wives would be really good at it. They'd yeah, rise to the challenge. There they quick, would, quicker I than I bet, I bet. I bet chops is quicker than me. I've never gone down that rocky road of <laughs> being completely outgunned on a track. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, Sander Hop, has Stellantis asked you guys to run their marketing department? I feel like their branding could use some more Euro dance. Um, still waiting for that call. Yeah. But, um, I'm still yeah. waiting for the jacket. Yeah. I'm still wa- yeah, I'm still <laughs> waiting. t-shirt. Did you get a t-shirt? Though? No, I never did. I, do, I, want, I want a silky bomber. Um <laughs> 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 I do want I do want a Technic style silky bomber jacket with Stellantis embroidered into it because I think it would be hilarious, especially if it, if the if the Stellantis letters get bigger at, towards the ends, you know, a bit like um, the Thunderbirds yeah. logo. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that could work really, really well. Um, yeah, Stellantis should just do an annual rave, but a Euro <laughs> one. It would have to be in the Algarve or somewhere like that, uh, and it'd be free for everyone in the the locale. And it just turns into, you know, 50,000 strong, happy Euro rave. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the other day, you know, in, you know, the car brand Infinity. Yeah. There's someone that does local, there's someone that does take, takeaway deliveries around here in an Infinity. And it just, really? Yeah, it just looks like they've nicked their grandparents' car. But in fact, they probably have. Um, but I always thought Infinity, Guru Josh, his only hit was Infinity, wasn't it? Mm. the late Guru Josh. I feel like yeah. if they'd use that track and that uplifting track in some of their commercials, that could have just raised the bar for the excitement that, or possible excitement around an Infinity car. It could have been good, couldn't it? I can only ever think of that track with him looning around with the keyboard and then and the, the, the refrain, 1990s, time for the Guru. Exactly. Which it was. It was 1990s. They'd have to take uh, that bit off for the Infinity advert. They'd have to bleep bleep that out. Yeah, yeah. bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, next question, Adam McConkie. Will you go back to doing videos? Yeah, we answered that one in the last show, didn't we? Um, but Adam also asks, have you ever reviewed something and a press officer taken it badly? Then they call you up all a bit angry. Yes, I just can't remember. But yes, they have. Uh, um, I I gave a stinky review to the mini paceman. Oh yeah, because I thought it was shit, and I I think I I said that some bits of the design seemed to be almost spitefully shit, and <laughs> I didn't get the call. But I shortly afterwards I had to ring up and ask to borrow a, another BMW Group product, and there was a bit yeah. of a grown up conversation about. Well, now look. The last time we lent you a car, you said it was shit. So yeah. see it from our point of view. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We're, we're yeah. a bit. And so, but then I had to be grown up as well. I went, so are you saying that you will not lend me any more cars because I reviewed one of your cars poorly? And they went, oh, no, 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 we'd never say that. And at that point, it became say, okay, a, bit, I was, I was like, okay. a week on Tuesday then. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, that's the thing. The car industry's quite grown up in that it will take criticism on the chin. You know, I've heard about sort of like tech companies. You say that their new phone or TV or something's no good, and that's it. You you never get invited to review or given one of their products to test ever again. And car companies generally are, are a bit more sort of. Um, yeah, they they, that, they, they, they are they are actually. In fact, there's, there's one manufacturer who um, I I've <clears throat> if I've been less than kind about elements of the car, I don't think I've ever panned completely one of their cars. But they've often called me up the week after and said, "I know that I know that you don't like X and Y about the car, so why don't you drive this drive this version of it?" And they they, they, they in fact they they tackle it in a very different way. Instead of getting bullshit about it, they go, okay, we get that. You don't like that. Mm. And then they ask for almost constructive criticism or they say, try a couple of the other versions to see if it softens your, your hatred. Yeah. That's like when I, uh, I reviewed the, the current Jaguar XF and they lent me a base model and it was just, yeah, you know, it just didn't feel very, mm. very, very notable in any way. And I said so. And um, the, the Jaguar Land Rover PR boss's response was, well, you didn't like that one. Uh, maybe you'll like an XJR. Shall we send one over? And, <laughs> which we did a video in, in fact. And that was the way that he dealt with that, which was sort of mild criticism. It wasn't like going, it's an absolute crock of shite. I just said I didn't particularly care for it because it was ordinary. And, uh, yeah, his response was, all right, we'll borrow one of... And I think it's his way of also sort of subtly going, yeah, we know it's a bit average here. Borrow one of our cars that's not average and that'll take the taste away. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah. It's a, I mean, yeah. That works. As long as they don't feel like you're being sort of needlessly or unfairly rude about cars, then I think most car PRs, in my experience, are, you know, pretty grown up about it. And everybody can be friends. Because also a lot of car PRs are into cars. Yeah, they so are, actually. Yeah. Deep down, when one of their products isn't very good, yeah. they know. They do, don't they? So they can't get cross with you because they know that. And Sometimes, a lot of them are ex-journey. Yeah. So there's a kind of going, well, you know, once upon a time, that would have been me having to review this crock of shite. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, Toyota Urban Cruiser. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember this joke. At the time, I remember when they announced that car. Um I wrote a joke for Top Gear. I can't remember who used it. Said that Urban Cruiser just like sounds like someone who's not allowed within twenty yards of a playground, <laughs> which I'm sure would have gone down very well. Oh god! Uh, next question, Ben Yong. Which car manufacturer merch would you personally endorse? One, Koenigsegg's oh. large organic farm fresh eggs. Two, British Leyland Polo Neck sweaters in Austin Allegro colours. That's a good idea. <laughs> that, would, that is a really good idea. Three, yeah. Lancia smartphones that they actually made themselves and not rebadged off an OEM. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's Four, good. Honda Type R talcum powder. Or five, Seat sausages, brackets, which will actually be rebadged VW sausages. Um, Rebadged sausages. Um, <laughs> I know which one you're really going good. for. I. Do you know what? If if the Koenigsegg organic farm fresh eggs, if they all had Christian's face drawn on, <laughs> then I would definitely. Go, <laughs> 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 then I would. I would. They they have a personalised stamp, so all of them look like Christian when you open the box. Christian's Koenigseggs. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, co- 
Koenig's eggs. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, the same guys put, this is really tickled by ribs. It has us too. How about an Urban Outfitter slash Stellantis collab clothing accessories range? Well, I mean, we, well, we've just kind of mentioned it, but definitely. Yeah. I'd have a Stellantis bum bag. Yeah. 100%. Ben's joking. What about Ben's those Gap, gap Year bracelets? Polestar Times Under Armour gym gear collab would be really effective. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. Well. Under Armour. Um, but to answer your original question, for- Ben, I, I'm all in with the British Leyland Polo neck sweaters in Austin Allegro colours. Yeah. The Lancia smartphone, I find. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite good actually um, type r talc i can imagine that just being out of control i mean what very high revving talc yeah would it be ultra ultra, ultra fine. fine yeah you or would it to come out way too quick you expect a dab a bit on it it comes out like a huge puff ball <laughs> fills the whole room you've got to fumigate the uh, house afterwards does anyone under the age of 80 use talc no, I can't imagine it's good for your lungs either. But it's really bad, like asbestos. Yeah, I bet it is, isn't it? What is it anyway? Yeah. I don't even know what talc actually is, but I don't know what talc is. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to investigate on another episode of Smith and Sniff we'll, what yeah, we'll, talc we'll, we'll is. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. That I answered that question on the uh, on the Patreon. Um, does Johnny? Uh, particularly insure all his vehicles individually yes i do i insure all my cars on separate policies i don't have a multi-car policy because although it's less paperwork you don't get agreed value and i'm a big fan of agreed value so i genuinely insure all my vehicles individually it's a lot of paperwork i set aside two days for it a year um Obviously, we all love cars. This is by Brett Rowley. Obviously, we all love cars, but are there any two-wheelers that you find especially interesting or enjoyable? Um, and what is your earliest memory of a car, playing with a toy, riding in one, or seeing one? Well, I I really like, I like a lot of motorbikes. Um, I mean, I do have a license, as I've said before. I just don't ride very frequently. Um, yeah, I've, I've always had a penchant for bikes that fit in cars like compact bikes <laughs> like corgi corgi para bikes honda monkeys that that's honda moto compos that sort of weirdness um and there is there are a couple of really cool ones like that but i do also like as a I mean, my brother's always been into british motorbikes so I, when i was growing up he would he would always be buying British bikes, and he persuaded me to buy a BSA Bantam when I was 14. <laughs> um, so a, tra- a trials bike. He did. And, and I, ke- I kept it for a couple of years, and then I realised my heart wasn't actually in it, so I sold it and then put the money towards buying my first car. But um, I've always fancied there are a couple of British bikes. Sunbeam S7 is, is, is I think, a gorgeous British bike, shaft drive, huge balloon tyres. It looks good. It looks like a sort of British Indian, if there was such a thing. And also the the Royal Enfield, um, the Indian Royal Enfield bikes, when I was in India about three years ago on a job, I realised they are such a cultural icon there. And like the true man about town rides around on a... There was what beautiful, like murdered out and a couple of olive drab highlights on a... On a Royal Enfield, and mm. it looked great. Five hundred twin, sounded amazing. Was and it, he was like, "That's it's an Indian Harley, really." Uh, it was but I more think tasteful. I've seen a video of the guy in the Royal Enfield factory who puts a pinstripe on the fuel tanks, and he does mm. it by hand, and it's absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. like as straight and accurate. There are, as there are there. extraordinary yeah, there, skill. I think they're a cool bike, and they're actually they're not that expensive from what I can see. So are they are they actually sort of nice to ride, or are they kind of like a bit of a throwback now? I don't I don't know anything about bikes really. They are they are a bit of a throwback, but they're not um, they're not one of those bikes you buy just for the style. They don't ride appallingly. Mm. They, they they kind of are what they. Are. I, I guess it's the charm of, let's say, like your Defender and the our Jimny. Yeah, it's that kind of. There's a mix of old and new, mm. and. I th- it's probably just about right to give it character and um, flaws that you forgive. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I would actually have one. I would actually have a half decent one. Um, I don't. I don't know anything about bikes, but I do find them interesting. Like as in the engineering and stuff. I think because when I was working in the office with James May and Richard Hammond more regularly, they were forever turning up with some new bike, and I'd quite like to go and have a look at them. 
But then they'd start talking in that kind of biker language I just don't understand with lots of lots of letters and numbers and, and references to things I didn't get. But but yeah, I find them quite interesting. I don't, I don't have a bike licence and I've never ridden um, anything more than a scooter. I'm too much of a coward. I do. I tell you what I find interesting, those um, Triumph Rocket 3s, because they look mad oh, yeah. to me. And I, I heard one once. I was walking down the street and there was this extraordinary noise from behind me and I turned around and it was one of those. Made the most incredible it's racket. a two litre i think or it's a 2.3 i think isn't it oh is it yeah. is it proper oh, nuts sh- well yeah well i yeah i'm trying for doing doing great things i i wish i was more into bikes than i am american old american cars because from a storage perspective <laughs> one of them is far cheaper and easier uh, i got a shed a garden shed i could fit probably four motorbikes comfortably in there whereas for American cars, it's an industrial unit that costs you yeah. thousands a month, and there's so, so I mean, so much performance for so relatively little money from bikes. Isn't it? I'm always staggered when it's like even something quite exotic, like some kind of Ducati, is sort of the price of a Fiesta, if that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And bikes have become like horses; they become a leisure pursuit more mm. more than ever, haven't they? Rather than uh, a cheaper alternative to cars. Yes. Well, I would like to ride a Honda. Gold- I might do a video one day of riding a Honda Gold Honda Honda Goldwing for the first time. I've never ridden one. Uh, I'd quite like to. I might dress up as Prince from Purple Rain. Oh, um, could you just do that anyway? I'm not really that bothered about the Goldwing. Well, I am because I find those interesting as well. But I just want you to dress as Prince from Purple Rain for a bit, say a year. <laughs> But I'm going to dress up as Prince for a year. Yeah, for a year. You know um, the famous car journalist LJK Setright? Yeah. He famously used to just sort of decide to get into a look and then embrace that look. So in his later years, you know, he used to sort of dress like a rabbi. And apparently, previous to that, although he was Jewish, he wasn't particularly devout. But he suddenly sort of found his faith and then decided he'd go all in on the on the clothes and before that in the 70s he spent a period of time where he just used to wear tennis whites i heard about this yeah it's true Ten- without play like so non-tennis playing tennis so okay i mean no one's asked this question and we probably should go move on a bit um but yeah if you could wear clothes from a sporting pursuit mm. that would be an interesting one what would you rock and why uh, I mean, for sort of general all-purposeness, I'd probably just go snooker because I don't like. I don't white. Snooker. White is really impractical. I. I. You just as soon as you put your going to wear a like shit a waistcoat. I know, but what? Well, what are like you a bet Fred go? waistcoat. <laughs> well, what, I don't. I mean, you're going to say I don't know windsurfing oh, you've got God. to walk around in a wetsuit the whole time. You're going to look like a tit. No, I'd, I'd walk around. I'd, I'd be like a park ranger. But not like one from Yogi Bear, Hanna Barbera cartoons. Not I mean, like a, it's not a sport. Oh yeah, it's a pursuit though. Um, <laughs> or is it's it? a um, job. <laughs> okay, it's a job. <laughs> um, I'd walk round as. Oh, I know. I'd walk round as um, um, <clears throat> a modern day lumberjack because modern day lumberjack. Lumberjacking's they, they not a sport either. That's a job. Uh, okay, <laughs> you're just uh, listening. I'm, getting, I'm not, not, not quite understanding the question. <laughs> it's your question, you twat. <laughs> <laughs> what an absolute wand. Wand of plenty. I um, actually, do you know that guy? I dress from... up as Bono. Is that a sport? <laughs> 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 the sport of being Bono, Bono and just shout one love at everybody wherever I went oh Jesus Christ and on New Year's Day I'd, I'd run around shouting New Year's Day as Bono um, and on Sunday I'd shout bloody Sunday every, around the whole village dressed as Bono do you watch Line of Duty because the, the guy no I've never seen it the guy in that one of the detectives in that does actually dress quite like he's he's playing snooker. He's he's way ahead of you. R- really? Yeah, pick a sport and dress like that forever. He's already done it. So um, oh, just okay. that. Uh, we should go back to the questions which we were answering. Um, uh, the, the oh, well, Brett asks, "What's your earliest memory of a car?" I don't know. I, th- I feel like it was sitting in the back of my mum's mini, like old school mini. Um, it's going to be, isn't it? It's going to be sitting in the back of mum and dad, sitting in the back of my mum and dad's car with the tartan rug mm. to stop your legs from getting burnt on the black vinyl. Yeah, 
Um, and I, th- I think I can remember the smell of my auntie and uncle's car because it was always immaculate, like really immaculate. Mm. And it always felt special to sit in it because everything was just so. And it was a much newer car than ours. So it was always quite cool. Um, and also going to school, going to primary school, my parents used to alternate um, lifts with a couple of other families. Yeah. So I used to get, I used to go in a Fiat 127, uh-huh. an early, an early chrome bumper Fiat 127, which mm-hmm. was rotten, mm-hmm. and um, and a Mark 1 Escort Estate, which was obviously two door estate, totally impractical, but they look good. <laughs> mm. um, and I remember those being quite like jolly events because no seat belts and just lots of vinyl and axle tramp <laughs> from the <laughs> so i think those and i and i and i do remember turning up at at the primary school outside on the side of the road and i i can still remember what everybody drove i can still remember the cars that they pulled up in what colors they were why they were why they appealed to me? Why did they catch my eye? I still remember all that. Hillman Imps, SD ones. Are you sure you can remember the colours though? <laughs> Only because I had to go back into my archive of Evo magazines to look something up the other day, and it was I was specifically looking for a Lotus Elise that I drove on a Car of the Year test about fifteen years ago, which in my head was blue, and I was looking for it, looking for it. I finally found it, and it wasn't. It was grey, and if you'd have held a gun to me, I'd have gone, yeah, it was blue, blue Elise we drove there, yeah, in Wales, yeah, definitely. And it's just like, I don't know why, but in my mind, and I could even picture one of the photos in the magazine, which I was imagining correctly, except for the colour of the car. And it's bizarre how your mind plays tricks, I think. Like, the memory of colour is a bit movable. Maybe all the colours I've remembered are wrong. I mean, I am a little colour blind, so they probably are <laughs> wrong anyway. Uh, all right. Stephen Cooper asks, when I bought my Skoda, brackets, rapid, diesel, possibly an oxymoron, but it was cheap, so I can't complain. <laughs> I noticed one of the options set on the computer was to monitor oil temperature. Now, in the history of motoring, has anyone other than those that race cars ever given a toss about oil temperature? And could this be a feature for Richard's next book? Utterly pointless toss that OEMs add to cars as the feature list on the base model was looking a bit shit. I don't agree with this, Stephen. I like to know oil temperature. It doesn't matter what car it is. I want to know oil temperature because your engine isn't properly warmed up until your oil temp's there. Everyone goes off yeah. the coolant temperature, but coolant warms up quite quickly. Oil takes a while. And this, I love that my 911 has a proper oil temp gauge just bang slap there on the dash. Yeah, I, well, that there is that. I mean... If you haven't got an oil temp gauge, you always would look at the coolant temperature to get an idea of warmth getting into the engine. But anyone who's got a car that has oil and coolant temperature will know that the coolant hits temperature way before the oil. Oil takes a lot longer. It does. Wasn't it some BMW M cars where they had the same dial layout as the sort of normal 3 Series or 5 Series, but the coolant temp in lesser cars was replaced with an oil temp so they didn't have coolant temp they only had oil i think in some oh, i don't know some i know cars. that the, the i know they obviously restricted their the rpm didn't they limit when yeah, it was cold, yeah. cold start and cold use um yeah. but oh i don't know well I, all i know is with with an with an air cooled car like my old beetle what i would used to do is i'd always set the the heating on uh, immediately and I'd drive off down the road, and typically about four miles in, I'd start getting heat out, and then I knew there was some warmth in the engine, so you could probably be a bit more aggressive. Uh, uh. Not not massively scientific, but, you know, it's just that that mechanical sympathy just creeping in there. Yeah. Um, Matt Tester asks, now that it's April and it's snowing, what's your choice of relatively cheap roof-off shitter? I had a smart <laughs> roadster for a couple of years and actually missed freezing my nips off in it. I refused to drive with the roof closed unless it was actually raining. MR2, 205, Cabrio, Pluriel, question marks. Personally, I'd like an X19 to go back to the classic equivalent well, roadster. My, my, I phoned my mum and dad at the weekend, um, and my dad had just been out in the Golf Cabrio. Just, uh, so it was sunny but really cold. Mm. Um but he, he enjoys that, and I, yeah. I like that he enjoys that. Heater on, um, heated seats have got them on, and you get that yes. fantastic sort of baked Alaska effect where your arse and feet are hopefully hot, but your head is... But, 
but you have you have nature's own Botox where your face gets so yeah. cold that you can't <laughs> it if you, you can't <laughs> you can't actually change your facial expression. Uh. <laughs> If you were uh, an actor in Hollywood and you didn't want uh, to go down the Botox route, I suppose it's too warm in California to, to get sadly, away with it. You just, just drive yeah. to every event uh, in cool air with the roof off a cabrio and your face will you tighten just up have a, Yeah, you would. You do, or just a car with fly screens as opposed to a full windscreen. <laughs> <you just picture. laughs> yes. Here's uh, Robert Downey Jr. arriving at the premiere in his smart crossblade. <laughs> yeah. I met I met someone um I met someone with a smart crossblade. Uh, Did they have a very tight fly splattered face? He was very jolly though. I feel like maybe he's got a little bit more oxygen in his lungs than others. Oh. So he's, so maybe he's loving life a bit more. Yeah, loving I'm it. loving life. I'm just loving it. I like smart roadsters, and I've never owned one, and I will own one because mm. it's on my list of things I I ought to buy. With now, those funny deep enough, dish steelies. Yeah, my mate Paul across the road here has uh, just bought one. Hmm. And I've got a little pang of jealousy because I had a I, I had a Brabus one as a long term from Evo years ago, and it was I loved it. I mean, it was you know in so many ways it was a very flawed car, an incredibly hard ride, and um, they do they, leak apparently. They leak well. So Paul's bought this one, and it, I, I was looking at it, and I was like, it's got a, it's got a sort of extra cover on it. It's got this like tight fabric thing that covers the roof, but then is anchored. It stretches backwards. Like a sort of, you imagine how the the roof on a, a boxster spider is, where it's got these sort of spars of fabric that go back. Oh, like, yeah, like a bikini top. Yeah, this is the hatchback roadster that my mates bought, and which is the good one. Yeah, yeah. definitely the, the good one. And the, but the this fabric, sort of two spars of fabric, stretch back along the side windows and are anchored somehow around the back lights. And it's a thing I- that the previous owner put on to um, stop it leaking. Yeah, that's. I was going to say that's totally aftermarket. It's so that the seats don't smell like a dog basket in winter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they are, are. There's something the, very likable the about them. And, and, and if they have the fabric roof rather than the two lift-out panels, you can just whiz that roof back at any speed. So it's sort of suddenly, you know, I'd be just like driving through central London and suddenly go, actually, do you know, it's probably quite, quite, quite warm out, isn't it? I'll just start yeah. whiz the roof back. It's it's great. Yeah, it's true. Actually, you know what? And and also while we're talking about it, a smart convertible, a smart four-two convertible is quite cool. I quite like those. I mean, they're not sporty, but um, good cabrio experience. Mm. Yeah. Um, or oh, uh, Matt's also mentioned the MR2. Mark III MR2. I've got a bit of a thing for those. I think they're really nice. No boot, obviously, but that's, you know. Actually, there is a bit of a boot. Well, you have that, and I'll have a Daihatsu Copen because I've always thought they're cool. So, there and no one agrees with me. So let's, <laughs> let, let, let's yeah. draw a line under that. All right. Uh, next question. Quentin James. Richard, what do you really think about Jonathan Palmer? Um, Go on, say it. Next question, Martin Wasty. Hi, guys. Can you tell us what you really think about influencers? Um, I mean, I, it's, I know a lot of people sort of in our business, and car journalists particularly, get a bit bent out of shape about them. Yeah. And I always think it's not for me to criticise in that, that it's obviously they're doing something right because the successful ones are very successful in terms of the amount of eyeballs yeah. that they get onto their videos and stuff. And yeah. so it's, it's, uh, my opinion is irrelevant. It's not for me. I don't particularly enjoy a lot of the content that I've seen from a lot of influencers, but that's because I'm obviously not target market, but whoever no. the target market is enjoys it. <clears> so they're doing something I, right. I, it's, it's, I think we're, we're, we're not the right demographic for some of them. I think no. there's also, there's, there's, denominations of influencer i think that you can't can't blanket you can't uh yeah you can't you can't you can't tie them all with the same brush because there's ones that are of 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 are probably going into a little bit more detail and there's ones that are only really appealing to school kids um and i i watch i watch what my son watches on youtube which is just a lot of gamers yeah um too. with with head with um with, you know with um headgear on telling you how to build the perfect house and sword on minecraft yeah and to me i mean i still it wrecks my head i'm like why are you watching someone playing a game i understand that gaming's fun but watching someone gaming it's like that's like me watching someone brush their teeth i don't quite understand why that's cool but again it's totally different generation yeah those they drive me to distraction i I would happily flay some of those lot with wet rope because my boy just watches ve- them as well. It's the shouting. Just very shouty. I was Stop gonna say shouting. it's the shoutiness. It's like you can be talented without just being shouty. 
please yeah. try it. The thing that I do get annoyed with the car influencers that I've watched who who do that sort of quite superficial approach is there's almost they're sort of proud of their lack of knowledge, and I feel like that actually is nothing to be proud of. It's like you've chosen to stand up there and speak about something but it's absolutely hollow if you haven't even done some basic looking up of information you know it's it's yep. like it, you don't so seem true. to know inherently very much about the subject matter it seems odd that you would choose to broadcast this but again I sort of feel like I'm being a bit old-fashioned there and that and you know there are some of what you would term influencers who do know their stuff I mean uh, there's that guy Mr JWW who has uh, obviously decided to sort of go down a kind of editorial route and actually think more like an old school magazine or broadcaster and I suppose you'd say the same about people like Schmeeve and who I know gets a lot of flack but he's he's made a great success of it and he's almost I mean he's made a great he's, success of it and yeah, he's not a sort of hard. classic kind of youthful icon is he he sort of is is just no. this kind of bloke in comfy sweaters and he, he's not what you would imagine to be a highly successful influencer to look like but he's doing no. something right so well he gets the ex- he get he, he he obviously can buy the cars and he also gets access to certain cars and possibly is the hardest working person in this industry so yeah that's the other on thing. that basis although a lot of his videos aren't for me mm. doesn't mean to say that i don't um respect him and and actually i, I know him and he's a really nice guy oh do um, you yeah, oh, I yeah. didn't realise that. Really, you know, any time I send him a message, I get one straight back. He's, he's, and he's, he, oh, I've just dropped something. I just dropped something <laughs> off my desk. I was gesticulating wildly. Uh, Apologise for that. My, that a- my respect for him went up massively when I saw him diving into a piston heads thread about influencers and answering people's questions and responding to their criticism, but doing it always in a totally sort of even handed, very, respectful way he didn't lose his shit some people were being quite you know pointed about some things and he didn't rise mm. to it he just gave very factual answers and and i thought fair play because yeah. that takes some doing actually yeah the temptation just to go oh fuck off you piece of shit i've got a fucking ford gt and you haven't it would be so immense and he didn't do that he was just absolutely you know, completely dignified and grown up and i thought fair play i think he must be very level-headed he must yeah be. There's only actually, there is only one influencer whose videos are appalling and who I've met and he's a twat, but I won't say who it is. People can just have a guess, but it definitely not me. Yeah, I've met one that was um, an absolute rod bolt. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> honestly. Uh, Martin also asks, who are the motoring journalists, past or present, that you most admire? Um, golly, there's quite a few. I mean, but some of them I now know and would consider friends, and it's a bit weird. Yeah, some people well, I grew up reading. I mean, Clarkson being one of them, but also <clears throat> um, Richard Bremner being another. Yeah, who I you know are now mates, and so I, I wouldn't. Not that they listen to this, I'm sure, but uh, but I would. Dicky Meaden, yeah, Meaden, very very good. Um, John Barker, Sutt- John Barker, Legend. Steve Sutcliffe. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Um, not 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 Peter Sutcliffe. Not um, Peter Sutcliffe. No, John Barker. Yeah. Actually, I'd give special mention to because he's one hell of a driver. But he's also I uh, used to sub edit stuff for Evo, so I would see people's words in the raw as they came in when they handed their homework in and all the people on evo are good writers but barker's copy used to come in and it was immaculate like you just didn't have to do anything to it as long as it fitted on the page it was like you know grammatically it was all just there it made sense it was you just didn't have to do any tweaking unless you needed to make it fit for length and um and he drives in the same way super precise it's mm. just it's a it's a joy to be in the car with him because he always feels uh, totally and, in control, but he's also on the absolute limit of what a car can do. Yeah, and his his dream car is a flawless Capri. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean that it's just nice to know that these people are humans after all. Yeah, and then uh, the other journal I'd just check in there is Russell Bolgin, which I know a lot of people always cite. I think he was. An absolutely fantastic writer and quite an innovative writer because he wouldn't just trot out the usual cliches which I think too many car journalists still do he always came up with a different angle and a different way of approaching stuff and he's just a, a, a beautiful writer so um, yeah and I, uh, well, there's, a long there's still story. a lot of good writers out there a lot yeah um, there are there are there are still I think it's um, you know it's it's a great skill to be able to sort of capture 
how a mechanical object feels and put it into context and communicate that well. And thankfully, there are still people out there who can do that. Jason Barlow, you know, J- J- Jason Barlow. Jason's a good writer, like yeah. Who obviously I, I, I used to work with on car. Yeah. And um, I, he, he, his, his, his writing ability is incredible. Really, yeah. really good. And he, he, I know he loves it. And that, that shines through. And everything that he 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 writes about. So yeah, and he was fifty last week. So happy fiftieth birthday, Jason Barlow. Oh yes, he was, wasn't he? N- not that many people that I share texts with about Huey Lewis and the news and uh, <laughs> other eighties <laughs> bands that not many people talk about. Uh, I'm feeling guilty now that we've not name checked somebody else who's really good. There are loads of really good ones. I mean, there's a there's you know, the, the, I think that's the thing. The I always say when people go, "How do you become a car journalist?" and I always go, "Well, you, you've got to like writing. You've got to be interested in writing." And they're all, yeah, they're all better. There's Wiki loads of people who Tom, know Tom about Ford. cars. I think Tom Ford's a fantastic writer. I, I was always always very envious of how well he could put out um, a decently crafted feature, like how prolific he was. He could do two thousand to three thousand. F- fantastic words mm. in the time it would take me to do 400 yeah jeremy's um, like that he's the fastest writer i've ever met it's infuriating because you just go yeah. oh, oh you've done it oh you've done it oh and it's good i have to be locked in a cupboard to do that yeah i know it's just like genuinely i think that is the cupboard locking is the only trick <laughs> <laughs> uh let's move on to another question chris rayner um i think it was richard who mentioned a recently kindled, kindled interest in pre-war cars no it was the other one, Chris. Um, you said, didn't you, that you were you were into you becoming a bit more interested because of your brother? Yeah, I think it was. Um, it's a combination of my brother and the fact. I think as I get older, you realised how much innovation and design and style in the automotive world has come and gone. Mm. And you, you, before I, I never really looked at cars kind of pre nineteen fifty. And now I'm looking further back. There's some great books, obviously, but you also it's when someone. Uh, like my brother who reads up on these things anyway he will point out amazing pieces of engineering on a car even a car that's dog ugly and perhaps massively unsuccessful but he'll go yeah the thing about this car is it had that and he would just point at one aspect and that one aspect is what makes it shine interesting and i love that love that about it love that about it oh yeah Uh, thanks to james baker who actually uh, replied to chris's a comment and said I think it may have been Smith just because his brother is a pre-war car mechanic James Baker gets one of our listening carefully <clears> awards um, <laughs> next question is Martin Stevenson who says have you still got fizzy yoghurt on your topic list yes I have I'm not deleting it until I've worked it out and it, I haven't um, uh, Martin goes on to say the reason I ask is I bought a lunch over Easter while out and about and got a small pot of melon and left it on the car seat all afternoon in full sun <laughs> when I finally opened it early evening fizzy melon so <laughs> fizzy melon <laughs> live in session tonight it's, the, it's fizzy melon it's the it's definitely it's the start of the of the decomposition isn't it very early yeah. stages of decomposition yeah. but then also probably yeah. the basis of i mean there's a bit of fizz has to go on in the making of like bread and beer and stuff isn't it yeast is all about i think fizz i'm probably talking shit there I don't know. A couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, or last week, the, the show when we were talking about flying ants and flying ant day, and then for the yes, show notes that flans. I put out for patrons, I looked up flying ant day, and it turns out there's no such thing. You were actually right about temperature and humidity dictate when the flying ants start to come out, but they they don't yeah, they don't just pick a day. It's a it's well, a period. Ants, ants don't have calendars. You complete well flesh as one. far as you know, they don't. <laughs> I mean, these days, they probably just have a calendar on their phone. But um, anyway, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Google Calendar. We probably should start to wrap this up. I'm just going to spool down and find one There's so more many questions. Question. There's so thanks, many questions. Um, thanks to everyone that's, that's fired a question at us. Yeah. Um, thank all um, the Patreons who've done that. I really appreciate that. Um, Noel Huggett is a regular... Uh, correspondent and avid listener so I think we owe it to Noel to do one of his questions he's actually started his his post here as oh my god so many questions um what plans have we got for future Smith videos we sort of covered that in the last one um K cars are massive in Japan I've just watched a YouTube video on K campers 30 minutes of my life I won't get back (laughs) would the both of you spend a night in one and where oh after being at home for the last year yeah yeah. Uh, even if it meant possibly sleeping in the same ultra slim cake car bed <laughs> as you. Can we not I have mean, one each? 
yeah, we can, but we could pull an all-nighter and just drink some sake. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just talk. Absolutely ripped on sake, fall asleep <laughs> in a tiny, tiny camera van. Can you, you can yeah. get two people in them, presumably. Yeah, I think you can. It's like a Citroen C15. I mean, that's although that oh, is not yeah. a K car, but well, you, yeah, I think there's I two so. beds in those. As to where, I don't know, I, I, I just the coast. I want to go and see the sea and... You know, yeah, that's a good one. Should we go to a downtrodden coastline? Yeah, we could go downtrodden, couldn't we? Or just just rugged yeah. and 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 remote. I quite like to go to Kent. I've not been to Kent in about seven years. Kent cams. Yeah, let's just go cam hunting. Cam, 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 <laughs> all your cam needs are Kent cams. Uh, the only I'd thing- be really pissed off if Kent cams have relocated to. The bloody Middlesex. <laughs> we know what Caterham did, didn't they? Yeah, we're called Caterham because we're based in Caterham. Well, we used to be. We're not there now. So sorry for your wasted trip to Caterham <laughs> looking for us. <laughs> oh. um, right. Well, we should probably stop this. We well, we have still loads of questions, but um, I, I don't know what to say. We'll come back to them maybe uh, at some point, or we'll just have to say, if you haven't had your question done, unfortunately you, you missed out, you have to get in early. Do you know what we'll do? We'll use them as um, sources of inspiration for the follow the next couple of Smith & Sniffs, I reckon. That's a good idea. So we can get the ball, we'll use it as an icebreaker for the chats. Yeah. Well, anyway, and but but thank you to everyone who sent questions because you, I mean, there were so many that we've got, you know, we've got this bonus show out of them as well, which we didn't expect to have to do. But it's also because we we talk too much, I suppose. But uh, but thank you for the questions, which were very good. Um, and we will do this again soon. We'll just do a sort of reset, and we'll do a, we'll do another whole show or shows dedicated to questions. But. Um, in the meantime, thank you ever so much for everyone. I'm who just has sorry, I'm just scrolling through them. There are some brilliant ones. There they? are. Um, and thank you, because all those questions came from our Patreons. And uh, so if you are one of those people, thank you for chucking in a few quid um, to support this show. Uh, a man called Tim Schroll, by the way, has emailed in, not through the Patreon, but he sent to smithandsniff at gmail.com. Say, chaps, I hate being the one who points out bad things about something, but I feel like I should. Your supporters on Patreon are called patrons, not Patreons. It literally says it on your page. And he sent he sent a screen grab, and he's right. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, <laughs> Julie corrected Tim. Thank you to all our patrons. And... Um, we will see you again on Monday for a regular episode of Smith & Sniff. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. It is patrons, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. It like a concept car. <laughs> a patrons. 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 Yeah, the, pa- the patron. patron. The patron. The Citroen patron. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 